0: Welcome to the podcast Arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching.
1: You do your own thing in your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. we take away self, O Lord God, and we enthrone you in our life. We ask that you have absolute control and preeminence. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Please, you may be seated. Today, we'll be looking at an interesting topic that um, involves every one of us. So, if you are sitting at the back or in the front... You might be called to answer a question. Today we'll be looking at the study of the book of Nehemiah. Technica, can you help me please? Now, the book of Nehemiah started with a brief introduction. Nehemiah chapter 1. We will not finish it today, so we'll continue next week by the help of God. It started with a brief introduction of a man... Called Nehemiah. That's in chapter one and verse one. And if you look at verse two, which we are going to read now, and pay attention, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that were that had escaped, which left of the captivity and consigning Jerusalem. Let's see what three will say. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burnt with fire. Now, we can read further, but that is the thing that happened. Uh, introduced Nehemiah, and then he talked about, you know, a concern. He was concerned about the people of God. Now, if you fast forward and move back, move forward to chapter two, you see something. But in that chapter one, as soon as they told him the condition of Jerusalem and the children of God, something happened to him. Something happened to him. If you read from verse four to seven, Nehemiah went to a place of prayer and he was praying, and he started praying to God, and he started reminding God of some of the promises that God has given to them, even back, you know, before his own days, the days of Moses, and he was reminding God of all the things that God has promised them. So, if, technically, this slide, is it possible for us to project it? So, we'll find out that, thank you, we'll find out that after his prayers, he first of all, he discovered, you know, the problem, went to God to pray, and something happened in chapter 2. In chapter 2, something happened. Now, he went to God to pray, and his job was a prestigious job, which means it was a solid job. He was He was in a well, you know, positioned place. He was living a luxurious life. His job is not a small boy's job. Next slide, please. His job is a job that he can, at any time, he's good to go. He's well paid. He's living well. His life is driving the, the best of cars in those days. Why? Because he appears before the king, and all he needs to do is to smile And serve the king with the wine. Whatever the king would drink, he would taste it first. So it's also a dangerous job. Because if it gives the king anything that kills the king or poisons the king, he's gone. So but by tradition, by the description of that job, you must come serving the king smiling. Regardless of your problem. No, regardless of your problem. That's how tough that job is. It's a good job. But can you imagine coming before the king? Now, the king means he has a lot of things in his mind, but you as a cup bearer, must come and serve him, presenting it with a smile. But something happened. After he heard that, something happened. He was now before the king and the king asked him, listen, for what does thou make the request? Now, if we move backwards, sir, can we move backwards, sir? The king asked him a question, why are you sad? You know, it was just a simple question. Why are you sad? And his response was so arrogant. He said, oh, king, why, should I, why shouldn't I be sad? Now, with that kind of answer, that kind of response, does he deserve to be alive? No, does he deserve to be alive? is supposed to serve the king smiling. See what the king said. Say, and said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city and the place of my father's sepulchre light waste, and the gate thereof are consumed with fire. Now, the passion and the zeal of the temple and the house of God and the people of God consumed him that he put his life at stake. That he was ready to die regardless of what would happen. Now, let's understand that they came to a report. He just asked a question and they said, this is it. Like someone will come to you and say, Pastor Remy, the way my family is now, if you don't give me 1,000, things will just... And then he took that body on his shoulder and decided to help. But if you read further, with, in the next slide, please, sir. Now, Nehemiah was in a comfortable place, but he was not comfortable because of the news that he had. He was in a comfortable situation, but yet <laughs> he was prepared to give everything for the suffering of the brethren and even to build the world of Jerusalem. And imagine that kind of paycheck, everything. He decided to put it aside and then take these risks, this risk that would cause him death. He wasn't under pressure. Nobody begged him. Nobody sent him. But he took it on his own. And he decided to run with that zeal. Now, another thing I want us to imagine, that with all the luxury that is around us, how many of us would want to step out of our comfort zone to do the will of God? His own case was that he had, so he was concerned. Why he was doing the job? Why he was enjoying the luxury? Why everything was working fine? His mind was still back Home, thinking of the temple of God and the people of God. They gave him a report that turned everything around. Now, time will fail us to read the scriptures one after the other because it's a very long story, but I'll try to break it for us. And I'll try to imagine something that he was crying while he was supposed to be enjoying. He spent his time praying as soon as he heard that thing He didn't discuss with them anything. He went back, spent his time praying, asking God question and asking for mercy and direction. And you know what? That prayer made way. Why? And I'll tell you why. The next verse, verse 4, as soon as he said that, the king asked him, what's your request? What is your request? He has settled it with God. He didn't discuss it with man. They told him, he said, okay, he went and discussed that with God, settled it with God, and then now came back to man. And while he told the king what was supposed to be his death sentence, the king was asking him, See, okay, how can I help you? Opposite, just opposite. The king was asking, okay, what is the request? And he said something, so I pray to the God of heaven. So, which means, as the king asked him, in his mind, he was praying, God, let this man not kill me. And he was still praying. And if we move further, you see that he took his time. Don't forget that I said he was living in luxury, but he, he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't happy. And that's where I, I had something in mind that, can you imagine a grown-up man crying? 50-year-old eh? man crying. If you see that happening, how would you feel? You know something is wrong, Abby? Let's answer. But if a child is crying, no, he has done something wrong. He deserves that, to, you know, to cry or whatever. But when you see an adult, a grown man crying, it means something is going wrong in his heart. And his own tears was because of what is happening. The walls of Jerusalem has been broken. Our spiritual wall has been broken. Can you imagine what happened to Job? Because the devil was, oh, he wants to get at him. And he said, God, can you, if you just take off these walls, these walls of protection around him? That's the kind of wall we enjoy. God protecting us, protecting you, your children, your belongings and everything, the devil can't touch you. He was concerned about those walls that have been broken because once they are broken, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And one of the things that is happening is the reproach that came on the people, the tears that came upon them. And that's why you saw Nehemiah, he was weeping, he went to pray, and he fasted. And, you know, if you weep and you don't add prayer, you're just crying and shedding tears. Nothing will happen. But he added prayer to it. Please, let's look at it again. How many of us, i just asked us a question. How many of us are willing to leave our comfort zone to take up an assignment? Because there's need everywhere. And God has proved made provision everywhere for us. But how many of us will see an opportunity in the house of God, his work, maybe here or elsewhere, will want to step into that zone and take advantage and do that work for God? How many of us will do that? And the question that I put here is how do you personally respond to brethren when you know what they are going through? especially when they are going through hard times. How do you do how do you respond to them? How do you respond to brethren when you know that they are going through hard times, difficult situations? Or you see a challenge in the church, how do you you know provide support? Anybody? Yeah, I'll call you later. Oh, the children are all raising their hands up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Okay, let's take let's take her first.
2: After you know what happened, you can help them.
1: Wow. Thank you. Like
2: you? if there's somebody that sprained his ankle and noticed and everybody is doing their job in church and don't notice him. You can ask somebody and tell him somebody has just hurt his leg or hand, and they could take care of that person's wound.
1: Okay, thank you so much. So I'll just add the second question just to, you know, so that we can really understand what I'm saying. Now, there are a lot of people in the church, and there's a need in the church. Or you know a brethren is going through a difficult time or challenge. How do you respond Would you say, oh, you want to mind your business knowing that, you know, God will take care of that person? You have seen somebody that is going through a tough time, maybe needs prayer or needs encouragement or needs something or the other. How do we respond? I don't want to call anybody's name. Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, my sister.
3: Just support what um, the little girl said, she said that if she noticed that someone is passing through something and every other person is busy, um, if she cannot help that person, she will call the attention of someone that can help that person to um, notice what's going on. So um, if anybody is going through something amongst us, and even if you don't have the resources to help that person, instead of minding your business, you can point that person to the right direction on how to get help.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. This is theory. We are talking of practical. You know, there are people that we see among us that we know that you are driving, this sister or this brother is always trekking home. And we see them, we just zoom off. How do you do that kind of a situation? Because nobody nobody said Nehemiah. I want want us to understand that nobody sent him. He had that news, went to God, and took it up. Yes, my sister.
2: All Alright, so just like the scenario you just mentioned, I I remember there was a time my husband and I were driving and we just saw someone from church. Apparently I think he was a first-timer. So he's he's not even someone that we're conversant with, but we, we recollect that we saw his face in church. And he was working down. So we stopped and we asked him where he was going to. He said he was going home. And we were like, okay, so where is home? And he said, south. So he was living in the south, but we live in the east. And we we're like, okay, no. And he was like, "Why oh, are you going my way? We said, no, that we live in the east. And he was like, oh, no, don't worry. I'll just wait for the bus. And we said, no, don't worry, we'll drop you. So we took him home, we dropped him. We just started talking to him in the car and apparently he just got to Canada, you know, and he was new in PPP, but he just, you know, he was happy that we were able to do that for him because a lot of people probably would have seen him and just walked, and just probably just drove past him because he's not someone that they relate with or they know, you know, sometimes we know ourselves and we're like, okay, if I see brother this, I know brother this, okay, I'll just carry him, but maybe a lot of people would have done that and, you know, and he was really happy about that, and that was a need because he was a first timer. He was new to Canada. He didn't really know the bus routes, you know, and we we're able to help him. So, I think,
1: yeah. Thank you so much, my sister. So, another question is, how many of us do pray for our neighbors? The, the, your neighbors in your street, at work, in church, how, how many of us do that? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, God bless us. It's, it's good that we are doing it because if you do that, you have peace. You will do what? You have peace. And there are a lot of things that we ought to do as Christians that we don't do. Another question I want to ask us is how do we, how often, or is it possible for you or for someone to take advantage of the church or the people of the church to enrich themselves? You know why I asked that question? Now, by the time we move further, you discover that Nehemiah got a lot of things to build that temple. A lot of donations came. A lot of things that, you know, he would have put in his pocket, squander, enrich himself, become a, a bigger boy. Nobody will arrest him. But he did not do that. But the question I'm asking us is, how many of us or is it possible that we take advantage of the church or the people in the church? To enrich ourselves now if we don't want to talk i'll give us an example now some fellows will come and say in the name of the church oh i don't have school fees and then the church will give them money for school and they say they will return in x y day you don't see them in church you don't see them around they just disappear that's an example so is it right to take advantage of the church or the people of the church to enrich ourselves I will call our I will call people. How many know? Please, if, uh, if you say raise your hand and we use scripture to back it. Sister Remy, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> okay, let's let's answer, please. Can you give Sister Remy phone, please, uh, the mic? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I would say
3: it's no. It's not right, actually.
1: It's all right. No, it's but not do right. we do it?
3: I don't do it. I won't <laughs> do it. <laughs> I can't do that. My conscience won't allow me, <laughs> right? Um, and I would come from a point of treating others the way you want to be treated, really, actually. So I won't do that. I will not. That's not me. That's
1: not my person. But yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much, ma'am. You know the reason why we are asking this is that some people do it. Some people do it. So, there's a motive why you dress the way you dress. You make your hair. You put on the shoe. So, there's a motive for almost everything we do. Yes, are they, he, he wants the mic, please. Yes, sir. No. You you have changed your answer. Or you see the same? no? I didn't dress up my hair. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, <laughs> but, sorry. But the answer is a no-brainer. Nobody will want to say I will benefit from what <laughs> belongs to the church. Okay, Nobody thank you so much. That, yeah. Okay, Sister Precious. I, I, have, I have a
4: question. Uh-uh. Um, to that. Okay. So, um, this particular, I say person in general, a member of the church, they love to dress dress dr- certain type of way or whatever, and then everybody assume that this person has something because they choose not to live the way their situation has sort of like define them too. And then you start hearing rumors like, oh, boy, I didn't know she didn't have this, but why is she dressing like this? Why is she behaving like this? In that way, how do you encourage somebody that wouldn't want to share what they are going through? And people would think if the church lent to this person, this person will use the money to enrich themselves, but rather they are literally going through stuff. But then again... Um, with the way they are, they can't really share. But then again, it's more like if I give to this person, you know, this person is going to use this means to enrich themselves. But that's necessarily not, like, that's not what the situation is. So, like, you're talking about this, and I'm just thinking about in a situation where somebody's,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you want to answer that, Ma? Okay. Please give her the mic.
2: Praise the Lord.
5: Hallelujah. I think, um, for you to have heard that somebody like that is going through that situation, God is calling the attention of the church to it. Because despite the um, agony, they put on garments of joy, garments of, you know, they are happy, they are not showing it. I want to give an example of what happened in Nigeria. There was this family, this lady, she's always making up. My husband knows her. Dressing fine, everything, you know, all this chick. And <laughs> in the evening, one day, I was relaxing in my sitting room, and the Holy Spirit just came in and said that, on Sunday, when you are going to church, just go with your spig. Take blood pressure of everybody in the church. I said, okay, daddy. So, Sunday morning, they started the announcement and everything. The only speaker just said, where is this fig? I said, Jesus. So I called my boy. Quickly go home, go and get this fig, and then um, I informed the minister that was ministering that everybody should not go. People should wait at the end of the service that we are going to take our blood pressure. Lo and behold, that Sunday, there was this lady. She was the only one with high blood pressure. The blood pressure was so high I even screamed, and I said, what happened? And she was crying. I said, okay, don't, don't cry, don't cry. At the end of this, everything, please just wait, and she opened up. I could not believe what I was hearing. There are days that the, the, she, her husband, the children, nothing to eat. Nobody knew what we were passing through, so I called the pastor, the pastor's wife. We went to the market. We bought food and everything. That was how church intervened. So if we see people like that in our midst, and you are opportune to hear, know that God has answered their prayer. Because one of the things that came out from my mouth is that the situation you are going through, God knows about it. Because I was sitting down gently in my house, and the Holy Spirit came and reported your case. He doesn't want you to die before your miracle. So we should not just ignore it. We should report it to the appropriate quarter if we know that we can't
1: undo the situation. God will help us. Amen. Thank you so much, Matt. So the reasons for this question is to bring our attention to the fact that there are needs everywhere in the house of God, even outside. But until you take the need of God serious, he won't put a burden in you and he won't make the provision. But before the burden gets to your heart, there's a provision already. Because we see that Nehemiah did not fight any war; he only prayed and fasted, and everything he needed came, even the wisdom to handle and manage the situation came. We will see. We will see going into that. But I just want to ask one more question before we move into that: How far can I go to be my brother's keeper? How far will I be able to take? Am I willing to take a risk for a fellow brethren? How far? How far will I, you know, will I go to do that? How far can we go to do that? How, f- how many people are going to answer this one now? Because some people are looking at. Doctor, please answer, please. Asaribo. <laughs> <laughs> Any other person? how far can we go to do that? How many of us have been able to do reference for people? You have referenced somebody. Praise the Lord. You have gone far now. You have gone far. You have done something. But the thing is that the person that you reference is actually who, or who the person says he is and not the other way around. But what happens when you reference somebody and the person is not who they say they are, and then trouble arises, and then you are shocked, like, oh, this is not what I bargained for. Nehemiah took a risk that almost cost him his life, but you see, we look at what he did, praying like him. Praying like Nehemiah means he made this prayer a personal prayer, just like Jesus taught us. He made the prayer a personal prayer. He sat down and wept and cried. And because his heart was sincere, he wanted a solution, a way out. He wanted to see the walls of Jerusalem rebuilt again. He was looking at what I would say restoring back restoring back the people of God to God. And his prayer was not just that prayer that is callous, you just go and pray and then you leave. No. He sat down there and he kept praying, asking God questions, reminding God of his promises, reminding God of what he has said before. Let's look at John chapter 11, verse 41. And I see the like Jesus Christ who came to restore restore Jerusalem back to God's plan, restoring us back to God after you know man lost his glory. John 11:41 says, Then they took away the stone from the place where led, the dead was led. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou had had me. So he Had his prayer, he made it a personal one, addressed it to his father, and he got the result. And you know the meaning of Nehemiah? God, God's comfort. Nehemiah's purpose was not for personal glory or for any self-gratification, but for rebuilding that world. And not just rebuilding the world. If you read chapter 3, he got specifications, specific plan from God, how he would do it. So he got direction from God. Number two, please don't start with problem when you are in a place of prayer. Start with praise and thanksgiving. And that's what Jesus Christ did in John John 11, 41. He started with praise. Don't complain. Don't go into his presence and start all the things that you are going through. He knows. But first of all, thank him for what he has done. Now, if you can thank well, then your tank will be full. But if you cannot thank well, you come with complaint, then you will not get anything. Two people went to a king at different times. The first one went there and oh king, I did this, I did that. Everything you said I should do, I have done it. You didn't give me this, you didn't give me that. What's happening? I know you like this, you are like that, you promise and all that. And then the king gave him one, two, three items and that's all. But the second person went before the king. Even before getting to the throne, He started shouting and singing the praise of the king. He started singing and dancing. Now, this person had a lot of problem, but he forgot about that problem, and the praises was just running out of his mouth. Before he got to the king, the king stood up and was dancing. Who is this person? And then when the person came, the king saw, oh, this person has a problem. Of course, that's the king of kings. But the person did not put the problem in front. He put the problem behind and put the king and the praise in front. And kept praising the king, even when he got to the, the, the presence of the king, and was dancing around. And the king said to the angels, hey, give him this, give him that. He has not asked of anything, was just saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Before he could open his mouth to ask, he got more than he wanted. So each time we go into his presence, please, spend time to thank him. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Spend time to praise him. To thank him. You know what? He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the adoration. He deserves everything. You know what? He said if man will not praise him, he will do what? He has the ability and the power to command stones to praise him. Can we praise him now? Can we just raise our hand and praise him? You deserve all the glory. Yahweh. Yahweh, you deserve all the glory, Yahweh, Yahweh. And number three, you must recognize one thing, that God is faithful. God is faithful. First Thessalonians 5, 24. God is faithful. Everything can change. God can never change. If he has said that thing, he will do it. Everything can change. God can never change. Now, government can give you an excuse why there is inflation. But God has no excuse because everything he has said, he will do. And there is nothing that he has said that he cannot do. And he said, my word has gone, gone out of my mouth it won't come the same way that is left. It must accomplish the purpose. So the word of God is pregnant to deliver in the life of people. So see any word that is spoken about you or concerning you as a word that is, you know, heavy, loaded with God himself, establishing that in your life. So if you go, go to God in prayer, please believe that he will answer don't go with unbelief or doubt. He would answer. He would do what? He would answer. Now he, he say, if you can say to this rock or this mountain, "Be that removed," and don't doubt in your heart, you will get that thing that you have asked. And number four, understand that he sees and he hears. Understand that he sees and he hears. He sees what we are going through and he also hears. Now, can you imagine a bed serving the servant of God food? A bed serving the servant of God food. The meal that kept him in the bush. A bed. That's how powerful God is. There was a picture that I was making around some years ago of. A lion that was protecting a calf. Is it not weird? A lion protecting it. something that is he's supposed to eat. He didn't eat it. He was protecting it. He was sheeding it. Now, that's to show you the work of God. How great he is. So, understand first of all that he knows and he sees and he hears everything that you are going through. And number five, confession is important. We must confess that, look, all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't go before God and say, I'm righteous. No. His righteousness has kept us. Our own righteousness is like filthy rag. But his own righteousness has purified us and cleansed us. So we must confess our sin before him. Because the reason why some of us are going through what we are going through Is because we have caught corner, we have refused to listen to God. When God is trying to remove people from your life, you are busy dragging them back. Do you understand? When God is trying to take some people out of your life, you are saying, no, I like this person. But God knows that this person should not be in your life now. But you are pulling that person to yourself and causing more harm. Only if we know and see what God is doing for us. Now, in the tree, there are a lot of leaves in the tree. It's not all that will last forever. Some have to go. So, if God is doing that, please allow Him to do it. Number six, pray the word. Find His promise and pray with it. Find His promises and pray with it. Psalm 119, verse 89. Let's read that before we take the next. It says, For what? For what? Thy word is what? Is settled. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled. His word cannot change. His word doesn't lose effect. His word doesn't lose effect. It cannot change. So, has God said it, bring it back to him. He will do whatever he has said, he will do. He will do it. In my small life, I've seen God, you know, do a lot of things that he has said. Just take it back to him in prayer, and then you see the result. And number seven, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Don't doubt when you are asking. Ask in faith. Believe that your God will do it. And you don't go and say, okay, let me just say it. They say we should just ask. Okay, let me just say it. If he does it, fine, if he doesn't, no problem. No, he will do it. Don't go, you know, thinking, oh, he will not. And he said, James 1 6, but let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like of a wave of the sea, driven with what? The wind and tossed. So ask in faith. Nehemiah went with faith. And he knew it is just God that can do it, and God alone. It is God that will do it, and God alone. Next slide, please. Now, on every assignment that God has given to us, there are enemies. There are enemies that want to stop us from accomplishing that assignment. There are enemies. And those enemies may not be afar. They might be what we call household enemies. Like Judas eating with Jesus Christ. Like Judas discussing with him. Trying to tell him some things. And Peter even telling Jesus Christ, we rebook and bind you, you can't die for us. So you have to watch the enemies, but much more importantly, it is your response. The way you respond to your enemies. The way you respond, the way the approach you use. Don't forget that the enemies that we are talking about is subtle. is cunning. Now the devil can't appear. I've not seen any man that say I saw I saw the devil. If he appears the, with the ugly description that they've given him, everybody will take off. So it means that the enemy that the devil uses are the same human being that you and I know and that are close to us, because somebody that is external will will find it difficult to get you, but somebody that is within, it is easy for that person to get you. Now, if you read Nehemiah chapter 3, the Bible says, when he left, he went to survey the, the city, he did something at night. He went without telling the brethren, the priests, The nobleman, he didn't tell them anything. He didn't discuss that with them. He just went, first of all, to survey the place. He had a challenge with his animal. Then he found a way to go through the place and survey the place. Did everything and came back. Now, watch who you share the plan of God of your life with. That thing that God has told you is not for everybody. That thing that God has told you is not for everybody. Watch who you are discussing that thing with. And you know sometimes it's good to share testimonies. I'm not discouraging us. But if I come to pastor and say, Pastor, this is what God has done for me. I have shared that testimony with my pastor. And God will take the glory. Do you agree to that? Now, if you share it with everybody, it's the same thing. But... Watch who you share the plan and the purpose of God in your life. Why? Because they will oppose you. Two men stood up. They are Sambala and Tobiah. Now, what, one thing happened. Sambala became furious when he hap, heard about the rebuilding. Why? What is his own there? No, ask yourself, what is his own problem in rebuilding this? What's his own there? But he was angry. Why? People are not happy when they hear that God is about to move you up so watch it some people may pretend to be your friend and we call them frenemies they pretend to be your friend but deep inside they don't want to support that project deep inside them they don't want you to even go further and can you imagine the wall was not built Somebody wasn't bothered. But as soon as he heard that they want to build this world, he became angry. He said, what kind of rebellion people are you people? Ah, is it his own uh, work? Is it his own rebellion? <laughs> no. And don't forget, the devil hates the light. And as soon as there is an evidence of light, then you see a fierce reaction. The devil always want to object. Can you imagine a king sitting down and he heard about a child that is born that will be a king. The king just got angry and said, killing all the child of that age because they didn't come to tell him, you know, where they found, whether they found the king or not. That's how bad it is when the enemy hears about your blessings or your promotion. So, our words, our thoughts, we have to be careful about them. And see, the words and thoughts that we are used by Sambala and Tobiah, To attack and intimidate the children of Israel to give up your solid words. We'll go and tell the king. (laughs) So, these people also have legs leg to talk to the king. They have access to the king. They were angry. We'll go and report this thing back to you. How can you say you want to rebuild Jerusalem, the wall of Jerusalem? And when I was going through this study, in my heart, I was like, what kind of human beings are these? Now, that's those days, though. Is this still happening today? Uh, Some people say, ah. Who want to share an experience with us? (laughs) Praise the Lord. So don't forget, the devil is still, you know, using the same strategy today. He has not changed that strategy. He's still using that strategy today, but we have to watch our response. Our response should not be that of what? It should not be that of retaliation. No, 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 no. No, go back to God in prayer. He will tell you what to do. Don't forget, this battle is not yours. The battle is what? Is the Lord's. He will give you the wisdom and he will give you the word to see. And don't forget that your enemy is not the human being you are seeing, but is the devil behind that person. Anytime God wants to lift a man up, he puts somebody in the life of that person that will help you up. And the devil also steal that strategy. If you want to bring someone down, he will put somebody that will bring that person down. So watch who is, you know, with you part-time. And your response must be prayer and perseverance. Our response must be what? Prayer and perseverance. And the next question I have here is, have you ever been tempted to give up your faith before? Have you ever been tempted to give up your faith before? Now, if you have, it doesn't mean that you are a sinner. It doesn't mean that you are a weak Christian. Have you ever done that? You know, Jesus Christ got to a point that he said, ah, Father, if it is possible, let this cup, let it just pass away. Was he almost giving up there? Huh? Huh? It's not easy. So, the question is, have you ever gotten to that point that you have been trying everything, you have been praying, you are fasting, like things are not working and you want to give up? Is it something that's common to us or we are all angels? Is it something that's common to us? Our hands are just done and I'm scared. Pastor, we have angels in the house today. <laughs> it is possible that you get to a point that you want to give up, but you see, we have to go back to God in prayer. You might be asking God for a thing, and it's like, that thing is taking long. No, your answer is coming. The thing is, what kind of harvest do you want? Do you want mosquito harvest overnight? Do you understand? Do you have chicken? Do you want chicken harvest? You know how long you wait, maybe 21 days. But do you want elephant on two years? two years. If you see elephants, the baby, you can't even carry that baby. So it depends on the kind of harvest that you are expecting. So delay is not denial. That God is not saying anything doesn't mean that he has not done it. He has done it just that you have not come up to the frequency that he is operating to pick and understand that he has done that thing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So is it wrong for me to say no when somebody comes to me for help i have the money and he comes to me and says, can you give me 1000 and i said no i don't have but i have the money is it wrong is it wrong i have the money i i don't have is it a lie Okay, it's a lie. Okay, I have the money, but because of my experience with that person, and he said, can you give me money? I said, I don't have. The one I have is for another project. Is that a lie also? Please, let's give them the mic, please. We have so many people that want to answer. Sister and uh, Sadola. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a better answer in
3: that case would have been, I do have some money, but it's for a particular purpose. I can't leave it to you in this instance. That's it. So I'll paint a picture. Like I have a real life example. So we relocated. I have another friend I wanted to relocate to um, UK for student visa, and for some reason she had this thought that the proof of funds we came with when we came is probably still somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I did not understand that, but she kept on calling. Remy, I need money. and You are not helping me. "Ah, Send me this money. I know you have it." it. It took me a while. I eventually had this knowing that I think she believes I actually do have that money somewhere. So I had to explain to her that, see, Yes, it's true, we came here with proof of funds and all that, but the proof of funds is for a reason. We settled down with it. I don't have it anymore, we spent it. So I had to paint a picture of how her life had been since uh. we got here. I'm not even joking, just for my conscience, uh. I'm not joking, sincerely. Because I understood that that was what was in her mind. She believed I had it. Do you understand? And she started saying, but you won't help me. So I had to explain to her, we came truly, we came with proof of funds, but we settled down with it. As we, I'm speaking with you, we just bought a set, you know, as I had to paint the picture. I said, so I don't have the money anyway. Then she let me be. But that is the truth. Did you understand? <laughs> In fact, you said, get people to borrow me the money. And I told her, it's not possible. Wow. If it's me, I won't borrow you. And is the truth. Is it tr- yeah, I won't borrow you that kind of money. If it's me, oh, I won't borrow you. But now to not go and tell somebody to borrow you, then there's a problem there. Praise so Lord. be truthful, really.
1: Thank you, thank you, man. Any other person, Sadola? You say you don't want to answer again. Okay, uh, Doctor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. I think
6: uh, in everything we do, there's always a pr- a place for wisdom, just like she has said. For wisdom. Yeah, for wisdom, yes. Uh, the point is, you look at the person's reputation. Like my wife would say, she will say, I'm a habishwa, uh, I always failed to repay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so if she can't say, she doesn't have, but she has decided that she won't give me. You know, and you can also, you can also follow the same principle. You know, you have a right to say, okay, well, because of your reputation, maybe, yes, maybe, yeah, maybe if we settle part of the one <laughs> that is on ground, then I can make an effort to assist you further. Because in an att- the Yorubas have a proverb, is in an attempt to help, you don't want to carry the whole load and put it on your own head. And eventually, you will also be looking for somebody yeah. to help you. Thank
1: you. Yes, ma'am.
5: Um, I'm looking at it in another dimension. We cannot just close our eyes. God bless you, ma'am. It is not possible. Despite that, you know that the person may fail because situations are different. You judge what that person is going through. It may not be for f- proof of fund, maybe, maybe in case of health, you know. I've seen situations whereby my friend, she's in U.S. now, and another person in the church, they needed money for surgery. And the night they called us, we rushed down to UCH. Getting there, we need to save the life of that baby. And they were crying all the way from Oyo to Ibadan. I think they came with maybe less than 2,000 Naira. And they are going to do surgery. What do you have? What do you have? I said, I don't have any money, you see me. I said, we have to rescue this boy. I went to my brought money. Do you know that, that my friend was telling me as we were coming back? That I know that you money. That-, that money, you won't get it back. You are mommy, Gio. God save you. And actually, that was what happened. I felt bad because she presented herself. Truly, you see me, I don't have anything in my account. And I know she was having the money. Me, all that I have, then I give it. But God is a judge. God is a judge. Because the person behaved that way does not mean that you have to do otherwise. He weigh our action. So our highs of mercy, don't let us close it totally. Please. Thank
1: you so much, man. So the, the key word is this. Don't measure the person. Don't size the person up. Don't check the person, if the person is equal to the tax if you have the opportunity and the ability to help please help and sometimes you have to go overboard praise god ask god for grace and mercy when you do that because we do that in peculiar connect. sometimes we we go overboard and at the end of the day we don't regret it because god always watches our back praise the lord
0: we hope you were blessed by that teaching For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at RCCGPPPSK, on Instagram and Twitter at RCCGPPP. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.